Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. If you believe Axios and the Washington Post, this is just the latest Republican and conservative culture war. A ban on gas stoves proposed by the Biden administration-controlled Consumer Product Safety Commission. But like so many things that the media tells us aren't happening until they are, and then you're a bigot for opposing them, the left is coming for gas stoves, and all gas appliances, if not convenience itself. Joining me to discuss the proposed ban on gas stoves, the publishers of the shoddy science behind it, and the far-reaching desires of the left to reduce American standard of living are my colleagues Ken Braun and Parker Thayer. Uh, guys, welcome back. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. So as I understand it, uh, the son of the late AFL-CIO boss Richard Trumka, uh, whom President Biden appointed to a seat on the Consumer Product Safety Commission, uh, suggested that that gas stoves could be banned. I've got that right, right? From all I've read, yeah. I, I, I don't know how serious or off the cuff that might have been, but it, that was clearly the import of what he said. Well, according to the media lately, he didn't suggest that it was going to happen. He said he merely floated the idea, which uh, when progressives float ideas, it's essentially just means that's the next thing they're going to do. So, you know, however you want to interpret it. I mean, I mean, the media is just uh, Park, Parker. The media is telling me it's just a case of Republicans pounds. I think the the new headline. There was a new headline that I saw came out today that was Republicans thrust at gas stove gas stove ban. So it's not Republicans pounce anymore. Now it's Republicans thrust. You know, there's a there's if you uh, and I would wholly highly recommend this podcast. Uh, the the America this week with um, uh, Matt Taibbi and Walter Kern on Taibbi's Substack. Walter Kern, the novelist who's, you know, if you've ever seen the movie Up in the Air, that's based on one of his books. Uh, Kern has a great phrase for what this is, and it's probably record time hitting it. He calls it the great never mind, which is what he uses to explain all of the, the news stories that are, you know, a big deal when the media brings it out. And then when the evidence comes apart, they just, you know, it's the great never mind. You never hear about it again. You know, we didn't hear about the Mar-a-Lago raid until this week when Biden's uh, garage started leaking classified documents. And I think that's <laughs> what's happened here is we've gotten to great never mind in record time because it took like like 36 hours and they decided, oh, this was really stupid. Yeah. Well, they, Let's they, try they, and they, put... <laughs> The, I mean, the, the chairman yeah, of the consumer the chairman of the Consumer Product Safety Commission was very precise in his wording uh, of the walkback of of uh, Trumpka Jr.'s comments. Uh, the CPSC has no proceeding to do so, namely ban gas stoves. To me, that looked like there was just an uh, there's a yet missing. Like, like yeah, there is like, absolutely a yet missing there. It, you know. The, it's it's part of their agenda 100% to electrify everything and also make sure that electrification doesn't work by opposing any sort of efficient sources of energy um you know saying that they're not they're not really considering it after floating the idea out in public and expecting to receive support for said idea and receiving support for said idea from about 90% of the progressive left doesn't seem to indicate that they didn't really plan on doing this. 
I think missing yet should be this. a. <laughs> go ahead. Oh no! Go ahead, Ken. I was going to say I think missing yet should be a should be a a, a phrase that should enter the the lexicon. That's a a, a great way of describing the uh, the other shoe <laughs> that you're waiting for to drop. You know, um, and, and I think the big part of the missing yet. What's the what's the missing yet? Well, how are they going to do this? I mean. It, <laughs> Banning inanimate objects has a really bad history in humanity, whether it's alcohol, drugs, guns, whatever. The stuff gets through hmm. anyway. And how are you going to go collect stoves? You're going to tell people they can't will, cook will, with gas? I will, I, mean, I, will point, I will point out, though, that the, that, the, that the Consumer Product Safety Commission are the people responsible for the ban on lawn darts. So th this is kind of hmm. within the remit of what they do. Yeah, but those scare. Those were scary. I lived through that scare. I mean, you know, but that also came with the you know razor blades and the Halloween candy and the satanic panic and all those other things. The seventies were a scary time. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting how so, the, the walk back happened in record time. It's really interesting how effectively conservatives are able to organize when it comes to something like gas stoves. You know, things like election integrity, etc. You know, we're, we're not able to organize voters at all. But gas stoves, we are in arms about that. And I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I, true enough. Well, and, and how and how silly. I mean, I, you know, go ahead. Oh, no, I was I was going uh, to to move us along. Um, so. Uh, Ken Parker mentioned that this is all part of a, a broader agenda to they use the term electrify. Uh, you know, I have a gas stove. I also have electricity in my house. Is my house not electrified? I don't understand how this is linguistically supposed to work. Um, but to replace, you know, the, the appliances that, that we use uh, with electric ones without reliable, you know, a reliable electric grid to back it up, uh, and that uh, raises the issue of the the uh, the think tank that put out the supposed study that seems to have sort of generated this current uh, both Trumpka's comments and the media, uh, the little media circus uh, was by the Rocky Mountain Institute. Can you tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about them? Yeah, the Rocky Mountain Institute is a, um, a a little appreciated for its its environmentalist extremism organization. They 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 deserve to be right up there with the uh, the Sierra Club, NRDC, uh, the League of Conservation Voters, all the crazies. Uh, these guys should be up there. Um, their founder, a guy named Amory Lovins, is not just a uh, one of the strident advocates of. Um, of weather-dependent energy, but kind of a patient zero for, for the cause, and also one of the most strident anti-nuclear advocates that you'll find out there. So, uh, yeah, the Rocky Mountain Institute, um, the Rocky, uh, you know, the living proof that the dumbest electrician is smarter than, than the smartest um, advocate for weather-dependent energy, you know, understands the physics, basically. Uh, much better. Amory Lovins gets a lot of respect as the the guru who just knows the science and understands it a lot, and um, uh, doesn't really factor in land use. And he's a big scaremonger on nuclear energy. And the organization itself receives a good chunk of money 
from an anti-human um, donor billionaire named Fred Stanback, who lives in North Carolina, I believe. Tell, South us, Carolina, tell us a little bit too. about. Yeah, I've had North North Carolina. If if I'm if I recall correctly, can you tell us a little bit about Stanback? Some of the other stuff he funds. What his what his yeah uh, so philanthropic construction is. If if it's against people, Fred funds it. Uh, zero population growth. Um, I you know the all of the major environmental groups. He want you know anti nuclear groups. The I you know, he doesn't like the you know collection of people on the planet. Uh, bo- or uh, excuse me, Planned Parenthood groups all over. You know anything to reduce the number of humans out there. Stan Back uh, is a big supporter of, to the point where he's even gotten a lot of um, uh, antagonism from left of center folks because of the, you know, the kind of anti-people agenda he's got going on. That's interesting. That's another one of those left-wing billionaires even I've never heard of, and I study left-wing billionaires for a living. How did this friend well, make, how did he make his money? Uh, inherited it. His his. <laughs> Uncle, grandfather, I forget who. Um, it's, it's it's called it's it's called Standback's headache powder, and it's kind of aspirin that you you know wow. put on yourself or something. That sounds like uh, one yeah. of those euphemisms for cocaine from back in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> <laughs> Probably works better for curing certain sorts of headaches. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know the, the so family he created. He inherited a snake oil salesman enterprise. <laughs> well, it, it was it's real aspirin, it, it, and it's still out there as a product. Well, maybe um, maybe but, this is why yeah, he, he wants more people more people to die. He's associated people dying with inheriting large sums of money. And he thinks the most the more people who die, the more money I get. <laughs> That's <Jeez>. true. You know, <laughs> it is true to a point. And you know, if there's the resources are you know uh, the family wealth will go further if you have fewer kids. That's that's a certainty. Um, but yeah, he's been, you know, inherited the headache powder and fortune. It, and, and you mentioned, you, you, you mentioned he um, had trouble on his left. Like, he, is he one of these guys who funds environmental or not just environmentalist groups, but also like anti-immigration oh, and you know what? That, the, that was, the, yes, the, I, I knew I was missing piece of, yeah, that's exactly what he does. He, the most, uh, the uh, Federation of American Immigration Reform the most strident anti-immigration groups out there, he's also a donor to, and that's what's gotten him in trouble there. But yeah, if you're go- like I said, if there's a theme to this man's entire agenda, it is everybody should stay put and stop having children. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, is is the over uh, overarching concern of the man. All right. Uh, so moving moving on from from Mr. Standback, uh, Parker, the 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 media has obviously been trying to frame this as it was nothing. It was just a if they even admit that Trumka Jr. said this uh, and that he has you know a position of ostensible power and authority in the U.S. government. Uh, you know, you know, Biden's press secretary came out and gave a statement and says that he doesn't want to do this. Uh, you know, is this is this a nothing burger? I mean, surely they wouldn't actually try to do this. Well, it, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up. First of all, I'd like to comment that Snopes, the venerable fact checkers of the world, have already put out a fact check that says that Richard Trumka did not say this and that they're not going to do this, which I think is just timely and wonderful. 
But not only is it not a nothing burger, it's one of the more important elements of their agenda, and it's not even, it doesn't even capture exactly what they're up to. Uh, a while back, part of my research uncovered this organization called Governing for Impact, which is essentially uh, George Soros's private and secret regulatory policy chop shop. Uh, they're a project of the uh, infamous Arabella Advisors Network, which I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with by now. Um, wait, wait, you, you said you said you said see, you said secret. Like, yeah. how uh, did so you what the way how I did you find, it, how did you find them? Uh, yeah, I found there was a, a very brief grant description on the Open Societies Foundation website that said they were giving uh, something like seven million dollars. I think they gave another eight million dollars or something like that in 2021 to an organization called Governing for Impact that was uh, run under the fiscal auspices of the New Venture Project, which, of course, as we all know, is. Uh, an Arabella Advisors affiliated organization. The, 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 the new venture, the new venture fund. Yeah, the new venture new fund. fund. Yeah. Um, now, when you Google, or back when you used to Google governing for impact, absolutely nothing came up. Um, but after a long bit of internet sleuthing, I found a Harvard job application which featured an email that ended in at governingforimpact.org. And when you directly type at or governingforimpact.org into your search engine, that yields their website. Uh, we were also able to find a budget presentation of theirs that they had left online accidentally uh, that they promptly deleted after we took the story to Fox News. And they also eventually put made their website uh, not hidden from search engines so you didn't have to know the URL beforehand to access it. But on this website, uh, most recently, they posted a document that claims that the Clean Air Act gives the Biden administration the power to ban the sale of all gasoline, among many other things, including uh, mandating electric vehicle charging stations be built at every gas station along the inter interstate highway system. <laughs> um, now, they, they're very careful to recommend. We don't recommend at this time that you ban the sale of all gasoline with the Clean Air Act. And the Supreme Court it's, would it's, probably it's, think it's that the it's be. the yet it's yet again it it's, it's the missing exactly. it's the missing it's the missing yet principle it 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 yet, rears, yeah. so it rears its us, head again. <laughs> they tell us beforehand what they're going to do, and eventually they get around to doing it. And then once they do it, as you said at the very beginning of the show, you were a bigot and a terrible person for opposing it, and you were even worse for suggesting that they were going to do it in the first place. But you know the the gas stoves. I mean, it's it's the tip of the iceberg here. They. In, the, in their private circles, they talk about banning the sale of all gasoline. Forget natural gas and the gas stoves. They don't want you to have a car anymore. And then, and then you know, this isn't, I mean, obviously you mentioned that governing for impact, you know, is tied in with the Open Society Network. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not, it's not only tied in, they're the only known Soros, but they, they, Yeah, they're the only known donor to this governing for impact project. Uh, and the chair of the Open Societies Foundation is the director of governing for impact. It, it's interesting. So, you know, ob obviously, obviously, that's you know, that's an in, that's an influence. Have they had, you know, in the, in the first, I guess, two and a little bit years of the Biden administration, have they? How much influence have they had on its, yeah, on its well, agenda? Uh, you mentioned I mentioned earlier that uh, lovely low budget presentation that they uh, published on Prezi because Prezi allows it's a, a service that allows you to get uh, cool animations and and the, and the like on your presentations. But unfortunately, after a certain amount of time, that makes your presentation public to everybody so everybody can see it. Um, eventually, their presentation became public and we were able to find it. And right after we notified them that we had found it, or the reporters at Fox News notified them, uh, they pr promptly took it down. But inside that presentation, they bragged that over 20 of the regulations that they wrote and stored on their secret website had already been adopted by the Biden administration as of the end of 2021. 
So they're extremely successful at, you know, getting getting the, the regulations and regulatory policy that they write into the Biden administration's hands and then the Biden administration gets it into law. Uh, one of the people that they talked to this governing governing for impact group was Sharon Block, who is the uh, former head of OIRA or the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, I believe, uh, who is essentially the regulatory policy boss. Yeah, that's that's that, that's government. yeah, that's reg, that's regulatory czar in sort of slang terms in, in D.C. speak. Yeah. You know the 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 likely the 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 likelihood of them doing this. I think the missing yet here is their motive, and the motive stated right now is uh, you know a, a supposed indoor air pollution concern. The gas stoves cause children to have asthma and whatnot. Gas burns cleaner than uh, coal. It burns cleaner than gasoline. And it is probably in, you know, the, more likely than not the thing that's fuel, fueling the electricity that's going into the house that's burning the, you know, the new electric stove anyway. But here's the real fun part of it all. Cooking is, oh, it produces far more indoor air pollution than the type of cooking. Um, if, if you've ever had someone doing a, you know, cooking up a storm in a house using a lot of cooking oils and a lot of times that'll set off the smoke alarm. It sets off the smoke alarm because there's a really yeah, dirty yeah, hydrocarbon who, who, who being among, burned. Who in. among us has not <laughs> set off the smoke alarm from from cooking uh, cooking their dinner? <laughs> yes, and, well, and, and you do that because you're burning a really dirty hydrocarbon, much dirtier than the natural gas that you might be cooking. The reason you're burning a dirty hydrocarbon is because it tastes good. It's cooking oil. It's whatever else you're burning. It, you're burning the flavor out of it, and it's, you know, that's far more asthma-inducing, I would think, or at least air pollution-inducing than anything a natural gas stove is going to do. And just about everybody that cooks is going in, in their home is going to have that happen. So the emotive here isn't really indoor air pollution. It's clearly natural gas works as a fuel source now. Yeah. And so we've got to get rid of it because that's the fuel source that Americans are turning to. And whatever works, we got to get rid of. Interestingly enough, the 1992 Clinton-Gore campaign promoted switching over to natural gas because it was cleaner burning and a more domestic fuel source. They wanted, you know, for all the usual um, energy yeah, independence was, this was before, reasons. This was before the fracking revolution. This was before the fracking exactly. revolution when... Yeah. It, it's it's a, a, yeah, when when, when you know, we were getting our we were getting our oil from abroad, specifically the Middle East, to a greater degree than we do now. Yes, and and Al Gore, Al Gore was on that ticket promoting expanded natural gas use. He doesn't support that anymore because it works now. You can <laughs> set your watch by this. Nuclear power industry was more or less shut down by the Sierra Club because the Enviros used to like it, but when it started actually expanding and working. Now we've got to slow it down. Gets us back to that anti-human humanist agenda of the folks like Fred Stanback and the Rocky Mountain Institute. The real problem is there's too many damn people, and exactly. we've got to work to get rid of that. You know, a lot of people confuse the idea that the left, or more generally the progressive left, and more specifically the progressive left, is at war with gasoline or with uh, with, with clean coal or natural gas or anything like that. They're not at war with the energy sources. They're at war with the consumption of energy, which is a 
now in the modern world, a condition of the human experience. They do not want more human beings on the planet because it is a violation against Mother Earth or some spiritual nonsense like that nowadays. Oh, what was that? Ellen, DeGen- Ellen DeGeneres. So there was there yes. been some pretty yes. big, had a video. Big, big storms out out she in California. Out in California. For years. But yeah, but yes, yeah, so Ellen DeGeneres left left her, left her house and was like saying that the the pretty torrential rains, which they don't usually get out in in most parts <laughs> of California, uh, you know, were. That, that Mother Nature was mad at us? Is that what she said, more or less? We are being struck down for our sins. I, I forget the exact quote. I may go look it up. <laughs> I, I, I thought the western part of the country needed more water, so I guess that's a problem now. <laughs> I mean, I understand there's a problem when okay, it all shows she, up she, at the same time, but... <laughs> what, what she said is Mother Nature is not happy with us. <laughs> oh, the personification uh, of the as, as she's standing by I mean yeah. I mean you know the 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 whole no, the whole notion of the of the environmental movement you know like that that there's a a mother earth in balance it's like look at nature you know it's red in tooth and claw and always has been since before we were here and will be long after we're gone <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what you do to you know what you do to hold that at bay? You need energy, lots of it. That's <laughs> how we've done it. It's how the entire the entire human existence has improved is the harnessing and use of energy. Yeah. Um, uh, and and it, I mean, oh, we're we're you know so th- this week we've learned natural gas, airplanes, and eggs are all on the chopping block, or either. Uh, yeah, and gasoline. I mean, on purpose or inadvertently. I, I, you know, it's it's as if the agenda here is to get us back to like the, the minimal subsistence level of say 1980s East Germany with you know without the great figure skater Katarina Witt to look at. Is so I think I think the agenda we're looking at here. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's like, that that's you know that that's a joke, but it's also semi serious. I mean, there is. I don't know if you, you gentlemen would agree. It certainly seems like there is a tendency among environmentalist progressives, among the environmental left, that, you know, we just need to make that everybody has got to make, at least in the West, needs to make do with less, no matter what technologies mm-hmm. we might develop. And, and I wonder if this is part of why they're mad at Elon Musk, who might be, you know, an environmentalist, but he's trying to make... Uh, you know, he's trying to make people's lives better while also reducing environmental footprints. Yeah, he's reducing yeah, okay. footprint, making people's lives easier and better, and also profiting off of it. And that last part is the part that they hate. They think that everybody needs to... They don't seem to care that much about results. You have to suffer by giving up your gas stove. You have to suffer by uh, not profiting off of, your, off of your electric cars. You have to you have to suffer in order to save Mother Earth. It's not so much about producing results as it is making sure everybody is as miserable as they are. <laughs> and 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 Lord help the man if he figures out a way to commercialize or get into the small modular reactor business because oh, yeah. that that would a you know there's zero carbon so you've got that advantage going for you. But b if you can drop these things all over the place. 
you do get around and you want if you want to electrify everything then putting the energy sources close to the grid that you're wanting to use is one way to get around needing to build out a monstrous grid everywhere so yeah he would be he would become the uh the you know uh, on par with the fracking industry now and his level of evil if he figured out how to provide limitless energy uh, that was zero carbon, uh, it would it, there'd, there'd be no end to the hatred at that point. <laughs> so, I mean, Parker mentioned the, 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 I don't know if we call it a proposal, the the hypothetical theory that about banning gasoline, but like what else is on the chopping block? What, uh, what else are the legal theory uh, for banning gasoline? What, what else, uh, you know, you you know, what, what else does the left have on the chopping block? I'll let Parker go first. Um, Well, obviously it's not necessarily just what they have on the chopping block. They, They want to control your life. It's not necessarily about just taking things away. If they can make you do things, they are very much happy with that as well. Uh, one of the things I mentioned is they want to uh, use the Clean Air Act as a way to make sure that uh, gas stations and, and large gas station chains are operating electric vehicle charging stations, which for 99% of the locations in the country would be wildly unprofitable for them and totally unnecessary because most people do not have electric cars at this point. Um, but they, they want to be able to use the Clean Air Act to simultaneously, they say that it has the authority or it gives the federal government the authority without the act of the legislature to ban the sale of gasoline, which is preposterous, but they say that it does. They also say that they can force people to build electric vehicle charging stations. Uh, interestingly enough, the sole donor to Governing for Impact, the organization that wrote this re- uh, recommendation, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is funded by George Soros. Sole, who is sole known donor. <laughs> yeah, sole known donor. Uh, thank you for the correction. Uh, the sole known donor is George Soros, and uh, his largest investment at this point is a $2 billion investment into an electric vehicle company called Rivian that uh, the stock price is floundering so badly on uh, Soros' roughly losing about $1.5 billion on that investment at this point. So an electric vehicle charging station mandate nationwide would certainly help him out a little bit, I think. Well, and and competitively, when you think about Rivian's rivals in the market, most prominent of which is Tesla, which has its own privately funded, mm-hmm. or at least yeah. mostly, pri- I mean, I, guess, I assume it's subsidized, but mostly privately funded network of charging stations. Yeah. It, you yep. know, the environmentalist, uh, you know, and George Soros is not necessarily a big environmentalist donor, but I'm sure he hates that uh, Elon Musk is uh, saving the planet, supposedly, while also profiting off of it immensely. Uh, you know, he wants to make sure that everyone has to slog through the way to make money by shorting uh, the English pound like a good old-fashioned billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, if you look at the the um, not not enough maligned Green New Deal as your shopping list, you can see a kind of kind of where the 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 future trends are going on things that'll uh, hit the chopping block or at least the proposed chopping block: you know, aircraft, air travel, uh, cows. There, there are more than a few, uh, if you scratch them close enough, um, environmental organizations when you see, you I mean, know, if how do they if, plan? If, 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 you, you go, if you go far enough, you can get all the way, you, all the, you can get all the way to the, you know, you will eat bugs, you will live in a pod kind of thing. I was, I, I was just about to say that, that there is the, the bugs 
uh, eat, eating bugs thing as the new healthy way to live diet. And geez, people have been eating bugs for thousands of years. Well, I mean, doing a lot of dumb things for thousands of years that we got yeah. away from um, in, in, in the name of, of flavor I, I, I mean, and taste I mean, and enjoyment. Even, and even, if, even if even if even if it was once, you know, worthwhile to to eat bugs, you know, no, notice as people get richer, they tend to leave it behind. Except as yeah, like I, a delicacy thing yeah. in special circumstances. Yeah, they you know, the John the Baptist lifestyle uh, doesn't apply. It doesn't appeal to people beyond a certain point. Um, you know, a, a one group, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, for example, which is known as kind of a more anti-plastic group, which is in and of itself a pretty anti-progress way to live life. But you go into their into their um, fine print, and you'll find the eat bug stuff in there without looking too hard. Yeah, I will say the the federal government has a better chance. All right. Well, before I let you guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that, Parker? I said the federal government has a better chance of taking my gas stove from me than me eating bugs. <laughs> and, and and I'll and I'll add that a gun range is a uh, place before... where you can go for. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, can can finish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say thing, other things that pollute more than um, than your your natural gas stove would be like cities. Maybe we should abolish those. And uh, things that don't pollute so much. Well, you get awesome air circulation and air filtration and things like gun ranges and passenger aircraft. So take your children there. You'll keep take take them shooting. Take them for a trip. You'll you'll avoid the. Uh, the air pollution of your nasty stove. Mm. All right. Well, before we let you guys go, uh, is there anything else that you guys have been working on that you'd like to promote? No. Nothing for me. We will, we will soon do our best to have a, an influence watch uh, profile of all of the Twitter files as they're coming out. So keep an eye out for that, I suppose. Mm. All right. Watch the space. Thanks again to my colleagues, Ken Braun and Parker Thayer, for joining me. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. 